Lopez. Um, my husband, Stephen, is the one that gave the scripture. And my mom is Bonnie, so that's our connection here to this church. Um, just a little about myself, because some of you I, I've known for a few years now, and some of you are new faces that have just joined us today. Um, I'm a preschool teacher during the week, but um, the Lord, I ask him to use me, and I'm just his vessel. I'm not an elder. I'm not a preacher. So, um, but we all can be of service to the Lord. Um, before we open the word of God, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day you've given us to worship you, to learn and grow from you. And now this message, please speak to each one of us today. Open our hearts and minds to the message that you have for us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is faithful. How can we be? I looked up a definition of faithful. The quality of being faithful. Unfailingly remaining loyalty of someone or something and putting that quality into constant practice. It's steadfast unwavering, reliable. We see that in spouses and even fans of sports teams. Fans of sports teams stick with their sport, stick with their team, even if they're losing. So how does God show his faithfulness to us? First, by promise-keeping you know, we sang standing on the promises. If God said it, he it will it will happen. And if we look in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter one, verses twenty to twenty two. says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So his promises are yes. In Joshua, we're going to be looking at scripture today. Joshua is in the Old Testament. Joshua 23. You know, Joshua was the leader, was a leader of the Israelites. And he says... It says in uh, chapter 21, verse 45. 
Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. And it kind of repeats that in Joshua 23. Not one failed. And that's because God doesn't fail. God also provides protection. Um, one night I was coming home. I got off the freeway. I stopped. And then the light turns green. I don't see anything in the other, coming either direction, so I go to make my turn. And in my side mirror, I see this car coming. I thought, it's going to hit me. And one second later, somehow he passes, the car passes me up, and there's no car accident. And God probably provides that protection all the time. There's times when maybe we left later and it, we avoided some kind of incident. There was another one recently. My husband and I were coming, going home from visiting somebody in the hospital, and it was rainy, and I could see. I was like, this guy's going to hit us, and he did. So we pulled off to the side, and I go out, and there's no damage to whatever damage there was had already been there because, you know, sometimes we back into a wall or something, but there was no extra damage. So we were able to say, are you okay, are you okay? And we went our separate ways. And we've been studying in the Psalms a lot, and I, I love the Psalms. Psalms 23 is one of my favorite psalms, and it says in verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And the rod is used by the shepherd to protect the sheep. So our Lord protects us with his rod. In Psalms 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He gives us refuge. He gives us help whenever we need it. These are all things that God gives us in protection. He also gives us new experiences. Maybe you've had a new job. You're going to a new school. You have new life in Christ. There's a new direction. In Isaiah 43, Verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. He is doing something new for each one of us. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Seventeen, sorry. Chapter five, verse seventeen. Therefore, if any was in one is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So when we accept Christ, which should be on the daily, um, he's recreating us every day. He makes us new. When we repent, and God also deliver us, delivers us, you know, like it talks about in the Lord's prayer, He del- He will deliver us from evil. He also says in Psalms thirty-four. Verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. You know, we have times where we stress out because something has occurred, and we can't handle it. We can't control it. But when we take it to God, he can deliver us, and he can help us through that. David was delivered. You know, he... He did some bad things, but he came to the Lord and said, you know what? I repent of my sin, and God delivered him. In Psalms 51, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. This was David's writing, and he was asking, he asked in verse 10 for God to create in him a pure heart. And then he asked on verse 12 for him to be restored. And the Israelites were delivered out of bondage. They were in bondage for many years, and the Lord heard their cries and delivered them i also think about job job was delivered he was given sores and sickness and his family was killed and things were taken from him but because he stayed faithful to god god delivered him i was thinking of A deliverance story. And so I looked up one, and there was an article, because I believe God can deliver us from many things, but I wanted to have an example. This guy by the name of Jake Kale, he wrote an article about his sister's testimony. says, it was when I came to realization that it was all his working, God's working, 
that he was faithful, that he would deliver me and continue to keep me free, that I didn't come have to be afraid of going back into bondage. Her bondage was an eating disorder. It was when I realized these things that my freedom truly came. That night she cried out to God and asked him to take this from her. She surrendered to him and truly believed that he was, it was only by his power that he could set her free. Um, she did have some physical illness because of this, but it was a deliverance of spirits were leaving her body. And so for the first time in a long time, she felt this peace. She felt something was different. I felt that I had been set free. And from that point on, things were completely different. She no longer felt like she was a slave to food or that it controlled her. She says, I did have to relearn how to have a healthy relationship with my food. I had been that way for so long that I had to train myself to know the right things to do, but I no longer felt out of control. I was able to stop eating and was full and was able to control it. That person who was under so much bondage truly feels like it wasn't even me when I look back and think about that time in my life. It's like the scripture says, we are a new creation. I don't even realize the old me. Jesus has made me into something completely different. So this God of ours is faithful. He's going to help us, deliver us. So how can we be faithful to God? We can remember how God has been faithful to us. In 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. He's going to provide a way out. He's going to provide restoration, sustainment, whatever whatever we are needing. I read an article by, I think he just used a first name. His name is David. And it's called Beyond Expectations. And he says in an, in an answer to prayer, the Lord went beyond my expectations, beyond what I could even think or imagine. It says that in the Bible, that God can do immeasurably more than we can ask, believe, or imagine. I think that's in Ephesians. Even now, I'm overcome with the thoughts of his love and faithfulness. I prayed that the mass of my kidney would be benign. He had a mass in his kidney and they didn't know if it was going to be cancer or what. The tests were coming back. 
but God went a step beyond that request, and he removed the mass altogether. We need to study his word. We need to take that time in our own daily lives to read what what the scripture has for us. In Hebrews chapter 11, which is the faith chapter, in verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And in Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So that's why it's so important that we take time. He wrote this book for us, that we take the time to study it. Because even if you studied it 10 times, you're going to find something new that you never found before. There is a reward for seeking God. It also says in Matthew 6, 33, to seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. We need to seek God. We need to... You know, I, I love how God just puts stuff together, you know, because when you put a worship service together and there's many people involved, the pieces fit together when God wants that message to be the same throughout. And this has been on my heart for a while, but to be a giver. This can be in your time, and this can also be in your offering. When we give of our time, we might devote it to different ministries. You guys have a food pantry here that some are able to help serve the community. There's other outreach. You can help during the Sabbath school program or even the church service. At my church, we have a group called Christians in action and we visit elderly homes and one in particular we go visit them once a month and we sing and we bring a word of God to them and they just love it they love the interaction I was speaking there a couple of weeks ago and I'm used to maybe hearing amen from the crowd and this one lady was talking and said, I know what you're talking about, you know, and she's going on and on. And this other lady was like, I want to hear the preacher, not you. <laughs> I said, you know what, we're here about God, not, you know, I wasn't trying to get into like, a, you know, 
an altercation, but um, God is going to use us. Sometimes we visit church members who are widowed and or who have health issues or even um, new church members, people coming new to the church. We go and worship with them and get to know them a little bit better. I've also been given the opportunity to take care of God's church. I'm a member of the Ontario Seventh-day Adventist Church down the hill. And I've taken on a role that I get to fix things around church. Clyde might know about this, being the head deacon. Um, I I am not a Miss Fix-It kind of person. People help me. I just kind of figure out what needs to be done. Um, even if it's figuring out if we need more outdoor lighting and there's other projects that come up. So God can use us and get others involved as well. And we can also be a giver in our offering. Now, I'm not talking about tithe. We know we need to pay our tithe. It's, it says it in the Bible that God requires of us a 10% of our income. I'm telling I'm talking about the free will that Ellen White says in Testimonies to the Church, volume one, verse um, page twenty two thirty-seven and two thirty-eight. I saw that God's people must bring to him a free will offering, and the responsibility should be left wholly upon the individual, whether he or she will give much or little. In First Chronicles 29, verse 9, it says, The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. And our scripture reading today was taken from 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. You know, we're taught when we're from the time, if you've grown up in the church, um, we've taught from our grandparents and our parents, you know, put the dollar in the offering plate. And several years ago, I'm going to say my age, I'm 42, but several years ago, I was still giving the dollar that I was, since I was a child, and I thought, I should be doing more. And so I decided to give more, and I increased it. And I continue to increase it yearly. I say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to commit this to you, and I'm going to be faithful. And let's say I'm going to give $10 a week, and I'm going to put it in the offering plate. And I, I give to a few, you know, church budget, Sabbath school expense, of course, giving to the missions. And 
tuition assistance. You know, the Christian education is so expensive these days and parents can't afford it. So if we can provide, that should be very helpful. In Psalms 55, Fifty-five, verse 22. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Isaiah 46, verse 4, says something similar. He sustains and he carries you. For... January 24, 2024, I made an increase in my offerings. And I didn't ask God to do anything. I just said, I'm going to do this, Lord. And he increased my salary. And sometimes the blessing is not that you get an increase in salary. Maybe it's a bill that paid for that you didn't know you needed to pay or something and maybe it's god's provision you know he provides you the clothes on your back the food on your table you have a a job or maybe you're sustained in your retirement a car that works i mean these these are blessings from god i don't know about you but i love to go get the mail i don't know what it is because it's just bills and ads, but I just like to go get it. So one day, I got a letter from a bank, and I thought, I'm getting a what? I don't have this bank right now. I don't have a credit card from them. Why would I be getting a letter? And it turns out it was a check. They had made some kind of mistake years ago and were writing the wrong. So if we are faithful to God in however we can be, he will be faithful to us. Let's be faithful to God in everything, in our worship, in our daily lives, in our giving of our time, and even in our offerings. Our closing hymn today is, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus, and we can rest upon his promise. We can prove him over and over that he will still be faithful to us because we trust in him. Let's sing together. <laughs>